Welcome into the Solo Shot Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Manna. This week, we have added another 108 solo shots to the Solo Shot Swag counter, and a few of them have been added by the MVP of the league last year, Mr. 62, Aaron Judge. Since coming off the injured list, has been playing out of his mind baseball. Seven home runs in as many games. He is one of the most impressive power hitters of this generation. There was a lot of speculation when he was in Toronto that either the Yankees were stealing signs or Toronto catcher Alejandro Kirk was tipping pitches and the Yankees were sending him signals from the dugout. Regardless, in that game that was in question, he hit two home runs and walked three times. He was seeing the ball very well. And as we saw last season, he's going to run into some home runs at his frame with his swing and the ballparks that he gets to play in in that American League East. It's a bandbox for home runs. And Aaron Judge has been really impressive. He has really catapulted the Yankees' early season struggles into a competitive team. And I am very happy for baseball fans to be able to see one of its biggest stars playing well in Aaron Judge, even if it's for the evil empire, the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge, a lot of people said shouldn't have won the MVP last season because Shohei Otani had an amazing season, both pitching and with the bat. But when you have a 10-win season, which only three active players currently have a 10-win season on their redger, you're going to get serious MVP consideration, and Aaron Judge is no different. I expect him to continue to be a 40-plus home run a year power guy, even if he's not pushing for records every season. Great to see Aaron Judge back. Yankees fans, I know you are all excited. And as a baseball fan, you really can't hate on getting to watch such a great baseball player in Aaron Judge. Another player that is off to an amazing start in his career, Nolan Arenado now has a 1,000 RBIs to join his 300 home run that he hit this season. And he is the second fastest third baseman in history to get 300 home runs and a 1,000 RBIs. And I said it last week when I was talking about the cards. I was pushing off talking about him for weeks because I truly believed that this team was better than what they were putting on the field and said that it would take Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt to come together and play the kind of baseball they were playing last season to get them out of this mess. And Nolan Arenado has answered the bell during this Cardinals winning stretch. He hit five home runs in five days and has been hitting the ball extremely well. Super fun to see him. He's in a good mental headspace. He had an interview with Jared Carabas in the dugout during the Boston series. And 
it's just awesome to see that he's getting through the physical and mental struggles that he had to begin the season. And he's just trying to get better every single day. This Cardinals team is better because of it. Both Nolan Arenado and Nolan Gorman, the big bats, this past stretch. And it's really good to see the Cardinals looking more like the team we thought they were. Just when I thought I was out, they took me back in. And uh, it, it is awesome to see. Nolan Arenado is one of my favorite players in baseball. The defensive excellence is fantastic. And to add the fact that he is just amazing with the bat, it, it's a cherry on top. Nolan Arenado making the Cardinals relevant again. And Aaron Judge making the Yankees relevant again. Two guys that, in a lot of people's mind, are on the path for the Hall of Fame. Now, as we round second base here, we got Hall of Famers amongst us. Chris Mad Dog Russo has been in this business for a long time. He is someone that is very opinionated and had a list where he talked about his active Hall of Famers right now. And that's an interesting thing because we just saw Albert Pujols, the first ballot Hall of Famer, retire, as well as Yadier Molina, who a lot of people believe will be a Hall of Famer. Maybe if it's not first ballot, definitely through the writers' committee. But Chris Mad Dog Russo had to make a list of who he believes are the current active Hall of Famers. And I didn't hate his list. I think that he included Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, and Freddie Freeman, who's definitely on the path, but they don't have the kind of complete resume that someone he left off does. And that is Mr. Zach Greinke. Yes, I know he is one of the most aloof pitchers in all of baseball, but just wanted to highlight some Zach Greinke stats for those of you that haven't looked at his baseball reference page lately. He is 32nd all-time in starting pitcher war ahead of plenty of Hall of Famers. He is 20th all-time in strikeouts, which is fantastic to see. He is only 86 strikeouts away from the 3,000 strikeout club, which if you didn't do steroids is a slam dunk for your case. And the man had an amazing peak of seven years where he won 68% of his decisions. Won a Cy Young, was runner-up another year, got votes in five out of seven years. His winning percentage, despite playing on some sorry Kansas City Royals teams, is 60%. And that's really awesome. I think that he's really overlooked when you pitch in an era with Roy Halladay and CeCe Sabathia and Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, guys that are obvious Hall of Famers. The guy who isn't as great with the fans or isn't as popular is going to fall under the radar. But I thought a old school frame of mind like Chris Mad Dog Russo would have Zach Greinke on his Hall of Fame list just because he's pitched the innings, he's gotten the strikeouts and the wins, he's won a Cy Young. Mad Dog is huge on, well, he doesn't have a Cy Young, he doesn't have an MVP. Those are big deals in your Hall of Fame case, and 
a lot of times that can get you over the hump if you are a borderline statistical case. But you look at today's game. I just talked about those pitchers, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. Whenever they hang it up, they have that automatic five-year wait and they're getting in first bout. Zach Greinke, I believe, is in that same situation. For position players, there's only two slam dunks, in my opinion, and that is Miguel Cabrera, 500 home runs and 3,000 hits, triple crown winner, MVP, World Series champion, and Mike Trout, who, despite not having the amazing cumulative stats yet, has had an amazing career, 350 home runs, three MVPs, finished second multiple times, greatest player of a generation, but I think the more interesting thing is what guys are close but not slam dunk Hall of Famers yet. Because after you give Granky his flowers, because he should have been on the list, you get into the Mookie Betts, the Bryce Harpers, the Freddie Freemans, the Nolan Arenados, the Paul Goldschmidt's, Jose Altuve, guys that I think between their MVPs, all-star appearances, World Series championships, gold gloves, silver sluggers, are all on the path to the Hall of Fame. And then you look at sneaky statistical guys that don't have the MVPs, like Manny Machado, who has had an amazing career, and actually, because of this grossly long contract that he got in San Diego to extend there, has a real chance if he plays the full thing to get 3,000 hits. Once you start to dive down the Hall of Fame rabbit hole, you really realize how many possible future Hall of Famers there are. Talk about guys that had a peak where they won an MVP but have really fallen off as players but might get in through the writers or an error committee, like a Joey Votto or an Andrew McCutcheon. For those of you that don't know my Hall of Fame stance, unless you got busted for steroids that's suspended, like a Nelson Cruz, a Manny Ramirez, and Alex Rodriguez. You got suspended when they were illegal. You did the wrong thing. You got punished. I'm a general bigger hall guy. I like to see these players get honored. I hate to see them get honored posthumously when they could have gotten in decades prior and enjoyed the title of Hall of Famer. There's a lot of active players that are on the Hall of Fame trajectory. I listed a bunch for you. And there's guys that you still got to see more. A lot of people have anointed Juan Soto, the next Ted Williams. A lot of people have said Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is one of the best prospects to come up to the major leagues. These guys need to continue down the path they're on and compile stats, MVP awards, maybe another World Series or two to really have a legit chance at the Hall of Fame. When I'm looking at Hall of Famers, you gotta have a thousand runs driven in. You gotta have, if you're a position of any kind of power, 300 plus home runs. These are the kind of just borderline milestones that I look for, 300 home runs, a thousand RBIs. If you have a favorite player that had injuries or a really nice peak that didn't hit those numbers, I don't think they're going to be in the Hall of Fame. But as a baseline, if your candidate has 300 home runs and 1,000 RBIs, they were a good player for enough years to have an average of 
30 home runs and 100 RBIs for a decade. Baseball is very finicky like that. The statistics mean a lot more. I've talked about there not being another 300-game winner. We don't know when the next 3,000 hit club member is going to come along. Which of these possible future Hall of Famers could get there? Manny Machado is on track. Jose Altuve, who's coming back from injury, was on track before a really down 2022. It is funny to see everybody's Hall of Fame opinions. It's something that really gets the juices flowing for baseball fans. There's a lot of passion, a lot of love and anger that comes out from baseball fans. But if we're looking at this in tiers, my tier of first ballot Hall of Famers that are actively playing are Miguel Cabrera, Mike Trout, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, and Zach Greinke. Guys who are on the path to get to the Hall of Fame. I have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Jose Altuve, and of course, Bryce Harper. I think that Mookie Betts deserves more love in the sport than he gets. He's played in Boston, Los Angeles, and won championships in both cities. I think he has a legitimate chance of winning MVP in both leagues, being the first player to do that since Frank Robinson. But he hasn't done that second MVP yet. He hasn't compiled the numbers that you really want to see, even as a guy that hits towards the top of the lineup. Then you got guys that, Still going to take another four or five years. I think Shohei Otani, as great as he is, has to have another four or five years of top of the line starting and 25 to 40 bombs. I think he needs to have that to be a peak Hall of Fame case. You look at guys like Juan Soto and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who are just too young to really start speculating about the Hall of Fame. You have guys like Jacob deGrom who has the Cy Young hardware, but the injuries have cost him from compiling the stats you normally see out of a Hall of Fame pitcher. Is he more Johan Santana or is he more Sandy Koufax? That's a Hall of Fame case that people are going to try to make for him. You have guys that I just don't think got enough, like Madison Bumgarner. The postseason is great, but the regular season statistics are just not there. And then you got guys like Andrew McCutcheon and Joey Votto, who I think are maybe the most interesting Hall of Fame cases of them all. The guys who are pretty much at the end, so they don't have a ton of time to compile, but their resumes are just good enough, and they have that peak of being one of the top players at their position and winning an MVP in an era where there's the Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabreras of the world. Those are the guys that I'm really interested in when you're talking about the Hall of Famers. I think Zach Greinke needs to start getting his flowers, whether this is his last season or not. I just hope that he gets to 3,000 strikeouts. I think that would be a shame if he didn't get there with him being so close. After those six that I have in my first ballot range, the opinions are really just out there. Having kind of tiers to the Hall of Fame, whether it's candidate-wise or in the actual Hall of Fame itself. Not everybody that has a Hall of Fame plaque has the resume of a Willie Mays or a Babe Ruth. 
but they have a plaque all the same in the same building. It's a beautiful facility, the Baseball Hall of Fame, one of my favorite places to visit. And I'm very honored to be able to watch a lot of these active guys get Hall of Fame consideration as well as the guys that I watched growing up that are now inducted in Cooperstown. When I went this past summer to see Dave Ortiz get inducted, I got to see the plaques of Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter and Roy Halladay, guys who I idolized as a kid, getting to watch greatness. And of course, big poppy David Ortiz, getting to see him go in with guys who'd been waiting a long time, Antonio Oliva and Jim Cott. Those are those Joey Votto, Andrew McCutcheon things. I'd rather those guys get in while they're living. They were great players for their time who I think did just enough statistically. But if they get in posthumously in 50 years, it's going to be a real shame. So let me know who you think the future Hall of Famers are that are active in today's game. I have six slam dunks. I have a handful of guys that are on their way. And guys that I think we really need to see what they do the next four or five years before you really start to think about them before they get into the service time of a Nolan Arenado or a Mookie Betts or a Bryce Harper. So love the hall of fame talk. It's great to see. Hopefully Zach Granke will continue to get his respect that he deserves. And a guy that is very odd, very odd, but super fun to hear from. When we round third base here on the Solo Shot Sports Podcast, we like to throw it back to a time in baseball history, a moment that is historically significant. This sport has a ton of history. And when we're talking about Hall of Famers, a guy who is in a league of his own is Ricky Henderson. Ricky loves Ricky, and I do too. On this date in the year 2000, after being released by the Mets for not hustling, as a member of the Seattle Mariners, he hit a home run, a leadoff home run, which was number 76 of his career. He holds the record with 81 leadoff home runs in his career. But this home run was significant because on May 20th in 2000, when he did this 23 years ago today, he joined Ted Williams and Willie McCovey as the third player to hit a home run in four different decades. Yes, Ricky Henderson played in the late 70s a little bit, was a monster in the 80s and 90s, and ended his career in the early 2000s. Four decades of bombs, and that's not even the most impressive part of Ricky Henderson's career. When you mention Ricky Henderson, everybody thinks stolen bases. And in today's game, where with the new rules, the stolen base percentage is up significantly. And you look around the league, and there's only two guys that are on pace to have 60 stolen bases, which hasn't happened in quite a few years. Ricky Henderson has such a stranglehold on the all-time stolen base record. This is my favorite Ricky Henderson stat. If a player stole 60 bases, which is a ton, for 22 straight years, 
Ricky Henderson would still have more stolen bases. He passed Lou Brock for the all-time stolen base record and never looked back. Over 1,400 stolen bases. He walked over 500 times more than he struck out. A career 279 hitter with a 297 home runs. Fell just short of 300, but a guy like that, just serial run producer, guy who was solid in the outfield, won a gold glove, 11-time All-Star, over 3,100 hits, fourth most at-bats in the history of the sport. Ricky Henderson, slam dunk, Hall of Famer, and became part of elite company on this date in 2000. As we go home, it's just ironic that there are the fire sirens, if you can hear them on the microphone, going by the building here at ETV. Because you don't want to be like Domingo Herman, who got busted, finally, a guy who has had a rap sheet longer than that list from SpongeBob. The man had domestic violence allegations. The Yankees held on to him through that entire process. And now after having a suspension in the past, he gets busted with maybe the most obvious sticky stuff I've seen in years. You're wearing the Yankee pinstripes, man. White with blue pinstripes. And you just have obvious tar tack, some sort of substance that you're wiping off on your pants you get thrown out of the game. You're getting a 10-game suspension, and it might honestly be more with how egregious it was. Don't be like Domingo Herman. There are plenty of pitchers in this sport that do just fine with sweat, sunscreen, and rosin. There are plenty. And a guy like Domingo Herman, who has the rap sheet that he has, has been given so many chances and to still throw it away, get suspended. If I'm the New York Yankees, an organization that tries to market itself as the class of baseball, the most professional franchise, you had a role as Chapman in your bullpen for years. At least he's a borderline Hall of Fame case for relievers with the just dominance that he had. Domingo Herman is kind of just an okay back-in-the-line starter. I hope that you don't give this guy more opportunities. I understand you got some pitching injuries. Carlos Rodon's not back yet, but seeing a guy like this just waste his opportunity, especially when you're seeing all these young pitchers come up and be successful. Yuri Perez, who I talked about on last week's show, got his first major league win the 2003 baby himself, Brian Bayo pitching great for my Red Sox. Across the league, there's just so many young starters. Matthew Libertor, part of that Cardinal stretch, he made his major league debut, and he pitched just as well as he was pitching at AAA. A much-needed arm for that Cardinals rotation. And you see, across the league, all these teams are giving young arms a chance to be legit starting pitchers. Taj Bradley, for the Tampa Bay Rays. 
Hunter Green, and Nick Lodolo for the Cincinnati Reds. These teams that are giving these young pitchers with great stuff opportunity, they're not throwing it away. And Domingo Herman, every time Yankees fans are okay with him, there seems to be a problem. So I hope you guys enjoy your solo shot Saturday. Have a great weekend. Don't be Domingo Herman this weekend. You can follow me on Twitter at DominicMana44 for more baseball tweets and opinions. I'm sure there will be plenty of Hall of Fame fallout and talk that I interact with on the timeline this week. It seems to be one of the big buzz topics for this past week. And I love talking Hall of Fame. So let me know who you think the active Hall of Famers are below. And I will see you guys in the next one. Peace.